Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Just before we start the service, here are some announcements and things to know. During this time of worshiping online, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecme.com, click on online giving. You can give through your bank's bill pay option, or you can give by mail. If you'd like business reply offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. Last Sunday, our congregation voted to elect Pastor John Sauer as our next senior pastor head of staff. Here are some important dates to be aware of. Pastor Neal's last weekend with us will be November 7th and 8th. And Pastor John's first weekend with us will be November 28th and 29th, the first weekend of Advent. A helpful tool to use during worship is Uversion. To use this, download the Bible app from your app store. Once downloaded, look for events after clicking more and then click on Stonebridge's live event. This will allow you to use your smart devices while watching the service for online message notes, extra study links, connecting, and sending in praises or prayer concerns. And lastly, we would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or again, if you're following along in version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. Once again, welcome to worship. Welcome to Stonebridge Online Worship. I'm Associate Pastor Jonathan Lucia. And here's our call to worship. Loving God, you call us into worship. Within your abundant life, you call us to be fully alive, ready to listen and ready to respond with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. We gather alive and eager to hear your word, sometimes startling and sometimes unexpected, sometimes still, sometimes quiet, you call us to always be watchful for your word of wisdom. We watch and we wait to hear your word today. Amen. Hey, everybody. Let's have a prayer together. Father God, we lift up the church to you and we give you thanks, Lord, as a church for leading Pastor John to us. Uh, we thank you for him and for his family and their willingness to come and serve your kingdom in uh, with our congregation. We pray your blessing on Pastor Neil also as he moves into this next season in his life. And Father God, um, we lift up our country to you. Uh, there's uh, an election coming up and a lot going on in the pandemic and all of that, Lord. Uh, Father, we just give you thanks that, Lord, even uh, in all times, uh, because we know, Lord, that the kingdom that matters is your kingdom. You are uh, who we serve. And whoever, Lord, uh, becomes our president, Lord, and however the timing of the pandemic and everything works out, God, uh, we trust you. We worship you. We serve you. God, may we be a light in this place where you have planted us. May we love and serve you, God, with all our hearts. And now, Lord, receive our worship by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
Stonebridge. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. 
When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, Stonebridge. Wow, what a week. Last weekend was our congregational meeting where you elected and called our new senior pastor, Pastor John Sauer. How exciting! And he'll be here in a few weeks, and I'll be here just a few weeks more. And I just want to say I am so grateful for the time I've had with you and spent with you. Almost 22 months. Can you believe it? Time flies, but wow, God has been so faithful. And I just have a few more things to share with you before I go. And today is one that is on the hearts and minds of many people. Uh, churches talk about outreach and about reaching young adults. And we certainly at Stonebridge have talked about all of that. And uh, all of that is rolled up into this term, church growth. So I want to talk about church growth today. Stonebridge people believe in connecting people with Christ, and Stonebridge people love Stonebridge and want to connect people with this wonderful church. And when you do those two things, connecting people with Christ and connecting them with Stonebridge, results are going to happen, and the results are church growth. Uh, that seems simple enough. It, it should be simple, but like many simple things, people can make church growth very complicated. When I googled church growth, I got 403 million hits right up front, right, right up front. So let's define what we mean by church growth, or at least what a lot of those hits define church growth, and uh, it might make you roll your eyes. If you have a pencil, you can try to jot this down. But here's a definition of church growth that I kind of think is a little complicated. Church growth is that science which investigates the nature, function, and health of the Christian church as it relates specifically to the effective implementation of God's commission to make disciples of all nations. Church growth is simultaneously a theological conviction and an applied science which strives to combine the eternal principles of God's Word with the best insights of contemporary social and behavioral sciences, employing blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You're killing me, Smalls. No, just no. We're talking about having more people be a part of Stonebridge. That's church growth. Having more people be a part of our growth groups and feel like they're a part of our church community. It shouldn't be that complicated. Anyway, I did not scroll through all 403 million hits, but I did look at many, and it seems the number seven is a popular number. 
seven steps to church growth, seven secrets, seven keys, seven rules. I wondered why not more than seven until I found one called 25 Actionable Strategies for Rapid Church Growth. Oh, that just sounds exhausting. So then I thought, why not fewer than seven? I found one sermon titled, Four Keys to a Growing Church. And being just a little bit competitive, I wondered if I could come up with just three steps for expansive, explosive, authentic, natural, lasting church growth. But that's too long for a sermon title or an Instagram or a Twitter post. So I came up with just three words. Go, do, be. And actually, these three words embody the work of Jesus in the life of a man that history calls Blind Bartimaeus. You just heard the story read. Jesus went to the town of Jericho, and we assume he did ministry there, and then he left. And as he was leaving, he came to blind Bartimaeus. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside. The first thing Jesus did, and our first step to church growth, is go to them. Go to them the people that you're interested in reaching. Because just because people need Jesus and many may even have some interest in him does not mean that they're going to visit Stonebridge to meet Jesus. In this story, Jesus had been in town, the town of Jericho. It would have been big news for anyone around town. Anyone who wanted something from Jesus or who was even remotely interested in seeing or hearing Jesus now was their chance. And Bartimaeus clearly wanted something from Jesus. Verse 47 says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, Bartimaeus began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told them to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus was actively interested in connecting with Jesus. He was anxious to encounter Jesus but he hadn't gone to town to see him. Perhaps it was partly his physical disability that kept him from going. Or maybe it was the kind of people he knew he would encounter when he went looking for Jesus. People who might rebuke him and tell him to be quiet. Not exactly the type of people Stonebridge wants on our first and lasting impressions team. Although they certainly had a lasting impression on Bartimaeus. People are interested in both practical and spiritual answers to their challenges, but they are probably not going to show up at church to find help or answers. Jesus went to Bartimaeus. To be more accurate, Jesus met Bartimaeus as Jesus was going about his regular business. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But first, there are times when intentionally going to those we want to reach is a step towards growth. Go to them. For the past several weeks, my daughter and my wife and I have been writing letters to voters all over the country, encouraging them to vote. We downloaded letters and added our little personal story and hand-addressed the envelopes and mailed them to people who are registered to vote but who have not voted in recent elections. The most important thing any of us can do this election is to vote. 
so my family is going to people who haven't voted by writing to them and encouraging them to vote, regardless of who they voted for. Uh, just that little thing, writing and encouraging people to vote, turns out that increases their chances of voting by almost 4%. And the three of us are not really confident enough to go door to door to encourage people to vote. That'd actually be a better illustration of our point, go to them. And statistically, it shows that when people actually go to others and encourage them to vote, it increases their chances of voting by 7%. Think about that for a minute. Almost all registered voters uh, in America are interested in who the next president is going to be, but not everyone votes. Uh, and more of those interested voters will vote if someone takes the first step and goes to them and encourages them to vote. It's the same thing with connecting with Jesus. People are like Bartimaeus. People in our community aren't far from Jesus, and many are interested in Jesus, but most are not going to take the first step. Step number one to church growth, go to them. You and your new pastor and elders have an exciting road ahead. This election, this pandemic, this economy, this racial tension has caused people to think more about faith, about God, and about Jesus. So don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. And let's move on to our second step of church growth. Do address the need they care about most. Meet their felt needs. We aren't talking about rocket science here. We meet people who need food, shelter, and other basic kinds of help. We meet people who don't have a sense of purpose, who have relationship problems, or feel unfulfilled in their jobs. People are asking, is this all there is? Is this all there's ever going to be? Is there a way for people to live in peace, even with those they don't agree with? People have needs they care about, pressing needs, needs they care about the most. And like I say, it's not rocket science. Many times, all we need to do is ask. Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Ask people what they need. Then try to meet that need. It's not a hard concept. It isn't necessarily easy, and we may not be able to completely meet their needs. I can't restore sight to the blind, but we can at least ask and then focus on the need that they care about most. But you would be surprised how many evangelism and outreach and engagement strategies don't make any effort to meet the needs that are important to the people they are trying to reach. Instead, Christians spend their time trying to meet the needs that are important to the Christians. They say, let us meet your spiritual needs, your eternal needs. Christians can easily assume they know what's best and what others need and how others need to change. What did Jesus do? He asked the man what he wanted. He didn't assume he already knew what was best for the man. I mean, okay, we call the man blind Bartimaeus. How hard would it be for Jesus to guess what, Jesus, what Bartimaeus might have wanted most? But he didn't assume. And Jesus didn't try to accomplish his own goals with the man. 
Jesus just asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And then what did Jesus do? He met that need. That was most important to Bartimaeus. Verse 52 says, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Jesus demonstrated respect for Bartimaeus by asking him what he wanted, not assuming he already knew. And then Jesus met that need. That's the second step to church growth. Meet the need that's important to them. But now just before I move on to our final point, let's please be clear about one very important point, something we really need to underscore. We don't help people because we want them to join our church. We help people because we are the church. We do what we do because we are the church. There's no catch. There's no need to sign up. No ulterior motive. In a, mo in a minute, we're going to see that Jesus helped Bartimaeus and then walked away. Jesus didn't ask him to join or give or do anything. In fact, time and time again, we see Jesus tell people to go back to their village, to go to the temple, to go to the priests. In fact, I'm not sure that there's one single example in Scripture of Jesus meeting a need and then saying, now follow me. He did once heal ten lepers, and only one came back and thanked Jesus. If he was counting increased attendance, that would have been one, one out of ten. But if we're counting needs met, it was 10 for 10, 100%. So go to them, do address the need they care about most. And the third step to church growth is be about God's business. Keep on keeping on. Jesus was going from Jericho to somewhere else. Remember earlier we said Jesus met Bartimaeus as Jesus was going about his regular business. And that's an ideal way to meet people while we are living our regular lives. Going about his business. Going about our business. Jesus met Bartimaeus, asked him what he wanted, did that, and then Jesus continued on his way. He went about his business. And look at what happened next. Immediately, Bartimaeus received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Bartimaeus, on his own, followed Jesus. And why wouldn't he? Jesus met the most pressing need he had. Jesus changed his life, and Bartimaeus wasn't going to let that go. Stonebridge isn't going anywhere. Be about God's work, and the people that you meet and that you serve will find their way to you. And no amount of signage on your front lawn is going to get people to come if you haven't gone to them first. When my family moved to San Diego many years ago, we went to the world-famous San Diego Zoo. We had two young daughters, so we went multiple times. And ultimately, we became zoo members with an annual pass. We committed ourselves because every time we went, the zoo was doing things we liked and valued. They were building better animal enclosures. They clearly cared about the animals. Ultimately, we joined because they were going about their business. They could have gotten aggressive with us on our very first visit, but they didn't. Instead, they went about their business, and what they did was so compelling, we wanted to be a part of it. That's our job as a church and as Christians. We go to them 
because Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. We meet their needs because Jesus met needs. And we go about our business because that's what Jesus did as well. He even said, I must be about my father's business. Three steps to church growth. It's not rocket science. In fact, it's three words. Go, do, be. Be the church. Be Stonebridge. Amen. I will sing, sing, sing to my God, my King, for all else fades away. So excited to see you all and to be here. It's so nice to be able to hear worship in person. Amen. That was the experience of being driven closer in relationship with God through my own personal prayer life.
dressed in his righteousness alone and faultless stand before the throne. And our closing blessing comes from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. Yeah.
you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me.